Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Law of Attraction Roundtable. I'm your host, Gary Temple Bodley. Today, we're continuing Joshua's first book, A Perception of Reality, in our Law of Attraction book club here. And this is episode three. We are now getting into the meat of chapter one. And chapter one is all about the lives of the universe. So I'm sure you'll find it really interesting. So in this, you'll hear the audiobook version of sections two and three in chapter one about the laws of the universe. And then we'll have a discussion with the people in the book, book club and we'll talk all about it. So I think you'll get a really in-depth understanding of this section. Of course, please remember to like and subscribe to this podcast, to leave a review, to share it with your friends and all that great stuff. Also, uh, we are starting another boot camp. If you'd like to learn more about that, please email me at garybodley at gmail.com. This is the one thing you can do that is not just passive learning by listening to a podcast or watching videos. It's actually an experience. And as you know, words don't teach, but experience does. And the remarkable thing is every time we get one of these boot camps together and we have some new people and we have people who've gone through two or three or four or five or six boot camps before. It's just an amazing process. And we get more and more and more clarity to understand how to really create the reality of our dreams. So uh, get ready to enjoy this episode and have a great time. Bye. Anything can be achieved by aligning with universal forces. These forces are absolute and available to anyone at any time. If you have ever witnessed miraculous feats, spectacular performances, wondrous beauty, or incredible technological innovations, you have witnessed universal forces at work. Have you noticed that these incredible feats become even more? Records for physical competition continue to be broken. Many barriers that were once believed to be absolute, such as the record for the fastest mile run, which is four minutes, have been overcome. Once that record was broken, many others overcame the same barrier within a short amount of time. This was achieved due to the law of expansion. The law of expansion states that as attention is given, the subject of the attention becomes more. If you focus your attention on something that fascinates you, your interest and knowledge of that subject will grow. The rich will become richer, the poor will become poorer, the healthy will become healthier, and the sick will become sicker. The law of expansion is defined within the parameters of the law of attraction. The law of attraction creates the law of expansion. It is the nature of the universe. More becomes more and less becomes less. The more you believe you are a success, the more success you will experience until you no longer see yourself as a success, at which point you will experience failure. Then more failure will come to you until you've reached the bottom, at which point you will once again rise to your success. If you could maintain feelings of success, prosperity, and health, you would continue to create those in your life. As long as you can sustain your focus on the things you want without giving your attention to the things you do not want, you can continue to have a wonderful life experience. Paying attention to unwanted things makes them grow larger and expand as well. Almost all of humanity focuses attention on the wanted and the unwanted simultaneously. You may want a child and then experience the birth of, of a beautiful baby who, in your eyes, is perfect in every way. As the baby grows, you may find aspects of the child who, at times, you judge unpleasing and you try to control the child's behavior to make yourself feel better. The more you try to control the child's behavior through discipline, the more the child will rebel. 
Your view of the perfect baby is now distorted by the view you hold of an unruly, rebellious teenager. Quite different realities indeed. Does the child change or does your perception of the child change? You may find the perfect job. In the beginning, everything is wonderful and you enjoy the people and the environment. You relish the satisfaction of a job well done and the process of creating with others. Then, one day, your spouse wonders why you haven't received a raise. Doubt creeps in and you start to feel unappreciated. The law of attraction reinforces your feelings and suddenly, out of the blue, you receive a reprimand from your employer. Your coworkers treat you differently. You no longer see the work as fulfilling and you determine that the job has changed and you begin to search for another one. However, the job, your employer, your coworkers did not change until your perception of the job changed. According to the law of expansion, if you can maintain the positive perception of anything, it will continue to become even more positive. When you introduce doubt or fear into any situation, you reverse the law of expansion so that once positive circumstances become more and more negative. If you are skilled in the understanding and practice of the law of expansion, you could reverse any negative momentum and start regaining positive expansion. The law of expansion explains the cycles in your life experience. Your financial markets, your economy, your history, and your entire life experience is affected by cycles up and cycles down. When things are going well, the law of expansion makes everything better. When things are going poorly, the law of expansion makes them worse. However, the law of expansion is just a small component of the law of attraction, and the law of attraction always supersedes the law of expansion. You are in total control of your reality, and you can control the law of expansion through deliberate focus of your thoughts, feelings, and emotions. All laws of the universe work within the main law, which is the law of attraction. Another law which speaks to the eternal nature of the universe is the law of continuity. There is no end to the universe which is always expanding. The universe is perfect, but not complete. It is expanding and will never be complete. The law of continuity defines the process of expansion. You, an eternal being, are temporarily focused in physical reality. When you die, you will be focused in a non-physical reality until you decide to refocus into this physical reality once again. You are also never complete. You are also expanding along a continuous path of growth. You become more with each life and with each experience within each life. As you begin to understand more about the mechanism of the universe, you will grow exponentially. The understanding of universal laws and forces while you are physically focused is one of the highest forms of learning and understanding. The fact that you have been led to these pages indicates that you are on the leading edge of creation. You are one of the few who understand the broader perspective of physical reality. This is the understanding that will enhance your life experience to the degree that you realize that life is much more than it seems. If you can understand that through the law of continuity, you are an everlasting being who is born into a physical reality and then transcends to a non-physical reality and then again into a physical reality, continually on a journey of discovery and growth through many lives and life experiences, you will realize that each life is but a small part of that journey. You can relax find ease, and discover a strong sense of relief in the knowing that there is no great purpose to one single life, but that it is the journey through many, many lives that allows you to grow and expand. The life you are living now is meant to be pleasurable and joyous.
It is not meant to be taken so seriously. Think of each lifetime as a single day in your current life. If you have had a bad day, it is not the end of the world, for there will be many more days ahead. You can start fresh tomorrow, so to speak. As you realize that your existence through many lifetimes is a journey with no end or no conclusion, you will understand that there is nothing that must be accomplished in this lifetime. You live this life as you please. You need not amass fortunes, build empires, save the world, fight anything, or live to be 100 years old. You have done all of those things in previous lives, and you will do them all again in future life experiences. There is no rush, no worries, no need to fear anything, especially death itself. Death is actually a very joyous and pleasurable experience. There will be no judgment for the life you've lived during this experience in physical reality. You may enjoy a period of reflection, but you will be more eager to continue your interests once you are in the non-physical realm. If you have a strong interest in a particular subject while here on Earth, in this physical lifetime, you will continue that interest into the non-physical experience. You will work to help others who have the same interests. You will be intimately involved in and appreciate the lives of your family and friends who remain in physical reality. And if you choose, you will return to another physical life experience. Your purpose in this life experience is to discover that which thrills you. The interest you hold for any subject is the continuity of interest you held in other lives and in non-physical reality. Your interests move and evolve over lifetimes, and even within single lifetimes, but they continue along a path of growth. It is very important that you find your passion in life as soon as possible. That which excites you, that draws you in, is that which you are here to explore. Your system of education is not designed to allow you the freedom to discover your passion. It is more like a container to keep children from escaping while their parents are at work or play. As a child, you were force-fed information that was not necessarily of interest to you at the time. All information must be conveyed at the right time. And since every individual is unique, timing is different for each person. Therefore, your education system, which is set up to deliver the same information to many individuals at a specific point in time, is not effective in helping you discover your passion. In fact, it is disruptive to the natural path of learning that is unique to each individual. It is the main force holding your society back from the great heights it hopes to reach. As a child, you must be free to discover the world on your own and therefore allowed to find your interest at the time that is right for you. Fortunately, the law of attraction works regardless of the conditions of your society. You may find your passion in the first sentence of a book you are forced to read in school. You may find your passion during an after-school activity. Your passion may be revealed to you while in the dream state. As long as you are actively searching for that which interests you, you will be filled with life-giving energy, even in circumstances that might hinder such discovery. The school system, as well as social conditioning, may lead you down a path towards an end that is socially acceptable, but has no true interest for you. The desire for money and fame masks true interests of many in your culture. For these individuals, the quest for money and fame will likely lead to frustration and disappointment until they give up the useless effort of trying to prove their worthiness and return to the things they truly find interesting. You may have been told by your teachers or parents that you did not possess the aptitude for a particular interest you once held. There are many reasons why so many of you do not pursue your interests, passions, and dreams. However, since it is the reason for your existence in this lifetime, it is 
in your best interest to discover or rediscover those passions as soon as you can. Another aspect of the law of continuity is relationships, which are also eternal. All relationships made in this lifetime will last forever. You may find this to be a welcome fact or a troublesome one, depending on the particular relationship. However, the roles you play in this lifetime do not carry over to the non-physical life experience. In this life, your mother is your mother and you are the child. In another life experience, you may have been brothers or best friends or terrible foes. You explore the various aspects of your intertwined relationship over each life experience. You do this to learn, to expand, and because it's fun. All of your relationships are eternal, no matter how intimate or brief. You are tied eternally to each and every person you know, and many who you have not met in this life. The bond you hold in this lifetime makes no difference because you are truly bonded throughout eternity. Your best friend, who you may have lost contact with, will again be your friend in the non-physical. Your relationship with someone who has died is stronger now than it was when the person was with you in physical reality. It's just that you notice that this person is no longer around. But if you knew how the universe works through the law of continuity, you would realize that this person is closer to you than ever and that you have even more access to them now. You will come to learn this as you discover more about the mechanism of the universe. Now that you know that each and every relationship you have ever had is eternal, don't you feel some sense of relief? Doesn't it make the subject of relationships easier for you? Since you cannot break a relationship, you do not have to try so hard to make them work. You can be easy about each relationship, knowing that you are linked together forever and nothing you can do will harm the relationship. Others cannot harm you either, for you are eternally linked whether they realize it or not. It's life conditions that work to undermine relationships. Once you understand this concept, you can create the relationships of your dreams. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Law of Attraction Book Club. I'm your host, Gary Temple Bodley, along with Tracy DeLuise and our, our, all of our other boot, or not boot camp, but uh, book club people. And today we are talking about uh, a Perception of Reality, which is Joshua's first book. We're on chapter one in sections two and three. Last week we did section one, and now we're going to jump further ahead into this. And in this section, uh, Joshua talks about the law of expansion, the law of continuity, uh, and also how we sort of create in this reality what this reality is really doing. Gives us a few examples here. So this should be fun. So uh, welcome to the book club and we're gonna get right into it. Um, so if you guys wanna jump in and talk about anything you wanna talk about, go ahead. Uh, right now, we'll start with this first paragraph, which is anything can be achieved by aligning with universal forces. These forces are absolute and available to anyone at any time. If you've ever witnessed miraculous feats, spectacular performances, wondrous beauty, or incredible te technological innovations, you have witnessed universal forces at work. This is the law of attraction. And the law of attraction in the most basic form is what you put out, you receive. And how you do that is through your vibration. And you have absolute control over your vibration. And I've been doing this uh, little thought experiment with people this week. Um, 
So everyone picture a butterfly. And if you have a butterfly in your mind right now, what you've actually done is you've adjusted your vibration and you've attracted the thought of a butterfly. Now this isn't necessarily the butterfly that you've seen before, it could be, or you saw in a book, it could be, or just a representation of a butterfly. However you do it, you've adjusted your vibration to a butterfly. Now if you think about a volcano, you've simply easily and effortlessly adjusted your vibration to include the thought of a, vibra of a volcano, and so you've, you've attracted that thought. And this is how you attract all your thoughts. Sometimes you don't know consciously what you're doing. And in a thought, it's relatively easy. There's no fear there. Uh, you know, the thought is a non-physical thing. There's no fear in the non-physical. And so it's easy to adjust your vibration to attract a butterfly or a thought of a volcano, that sort of thing. Now, in physical reality, it's exactly the same way. We create a vibration, and you might just be thinking thoughts of butterflies, and then you might notice a butterfly as you're walking around. And if you're not creating the vibration of a butterfly, butterflies could be all around you, but you won't notice them because it's not in your vibration. They're right there, but you're not inspired to turn your head to see them, or they just don't show up in your perception of reality. Uh, as Abraham has said many times, it's as easy to create a castle as it is a button. There's no difference in physical reality. It's simply the creation of your vibration. Anyone have any comments on that? Okay. So Gary, yeah. so, so that's like, um, you know, I, I recently bought a, a new Tahoe and then I'm like, I see them everywhere or well, when I was when I was thinking I want to I want a uh, a Tahoe, and then it was like, I swear every every other car was a Tahoe. Yeah, it's kind of like that. Exactly, that's exactly what it is. Yeah, uh, I can confirm. Yeah, we've all experienced that before. Definitely, it's, it's not like uh, you know even having to buy the Tahoe just noticing it just having that desire for tahoe then you sort of add that into your vibration and then you see it everywhere um Gary. esther and jerry had this thing called the green truck experiment where they had this green pickup truck and they totally loved this thing i think they had it fixed up and maybe even painted and then when they were driving it they're noticing all these people love their green truck because they had put so much energy into the green truck so it's like this green truck experiment. Gary? Yeah. So I had something to where I need a car that crosses. I cross four riverbeds, dry riverbeds, and then mm. occasionally they fill up. So I needed a car that would cross it. And I didn't particularly want a Jeep Wrangler, but I just started seeing them everywhere. Yeah, so, so that's I inspiration. Thought, hmm. Right. So I'm picking it up at noon today. Ah, how about that? <laughs> ah, that's great. Yeah. It's way more than I need. It's much more masculine than I could ever imagine, but uh, it's what kept showing up. So, and that's okay. the perfect example of you having a desire and allowing the universe to show you what the best, most elegant representation of that desire is. And, you know, 
the desire wasn't necessarily any particular car. It was the best car that could cross these riverbeds. Yeah. Um, another thing was like, you know, records always get broken. And people used to think the four minute mile was this impenetrable record that could never be broken. Once somebody did it, then all of a sudden all these people could do it. You know, how about running a marathon? People thought it was almost impossible to run a marathon or a triathlon. I remember the first triathlons they had in like the 80s in Hawaii and just a few people could do it. And now all these people are doing triathlons all the time. And there's people running like multiple marathons. There's people running a marathon every day. Eddie Izzard did a marathon every day for like 30 days, uh, raising money in South Africa. You know, it's like all these things we think can't be done. The only reason we can't do them is we don't believe that we Maybe. could. Once someone does it, then we have a new set of beliefs and now it becomes possible. Um, so once the record is broken, many uh, others overcame the same barrier within a very short amount of time. And this was achieved due to the law of expansion. So this law of expansion is within the law of attraction. And this explains all our cycles, you know. The economy expands, expands, and expands, expands till it gets to a point. And that is the point where the tipping point is the belief system. The belief system says it can't keep going up, you know. And so people start to have a little fear. And then it starts to go down, with, which is the expansion in the other direction. But overall, you can see how, you know, things get more popular, things, you know, uh, have this, like, like, I think about football now. Football get, is, getting, is so popular, that it just gets more and more and more popular as people perceive that it's like this really fun thing to watch. And then it will start to decline and then something else will take off. The funny thing about uh, they were building the new Dallas Cowboys stadium and they had this huge TV screen in the middle of it. And that TV cost more than the original stadium cost, the first stadium that they tore down. So things get bigger and bigger and bigger, more and more and more until a point where it contracts and then the contraction is another form of the expansion. So my, um, my son has played, um, few times in the Cowboys stadium um, for our state games. Uh -huh. And that TV is extremely expansive. Yeah. It's, almost, <laughs> it's, it's almost distracting. Like you watch that instead of your kid actually playing the game. Yeah, for yeah. sure. <laughs> I was at an Abraham event in Amsterdam and they had two gigantic TVs. And I'm literally, a hundred feet from the stage, but I found myself watching the TVs the whole time rather than Esther. Um, the, the law of expansion says the rich become richer, the poor will become poor. So if you can see the physical reality is designed to be this expanding platform for experiences. Never before could you have experienced the abundance that we experience and we can just take simple things like our ability to travel anywhere in the world or to talk to anyone on the planet at any time we want to or to know 
about any subject we want to just in the palm of our hands through our smartphone. This kind of uh, freedom and, and uh, abundance hasn't been ever experienced before by the richest kings that ever lived. You know, they couldn't talk to people the way we talk to. They don't have, can't do travel the way we travel. It's amazing. But also, we still, from our very wealthy and abundant positions, can see people doing way better than we're doing. And so we even feel lack in comparison to that. On the other side of the spectrum, there's more people living in poverty as compared to the average or to the top than ever before. There's more disparity in how you can live a life because you know, 200 years ago, everyone's poor, everyone's living in lack, but you don't even realize it. But if you're living, you know, where I lived in West Palm Beach, there's <clears throat> Dixie Highway. On the other side of Dixie Highway, there's like, you know, $100,000 houses. On this side of Dixie, for two blocks, there's $300,000 houses. On the other side, there's a million to $3 million houses. And then across the intercoastal is Donald Trump's house that you could see from my roof if I was to stand on it. And everything is, that house is 100 million and there's other houses that are 25, $30 million uh, there. So you can literally be a half a mile from a house that you couldn't even imagine and see these people all the time. So it's this expansion of experience, this expansion of what's possible. Um, okay. I have a question. Yeah. You know, 50 years ago, maybe even longer, you have all these science fiction writers um, uh, telling us about how the future is going to be. And it was all science fiction. It was fiction to us at that time. Um, you can go like this against the wall and something magical happens. We know what that is today. It's your computer. Yeah. Um, but all those things of all those people that... Uh, were deemed a little, you know, off in those days. When you see it come to fruition, is that because they are everybody's on their own uh, track, speed, if you will, with the law of expansion? Yes, everyone's at a, at a different vibration. Uh, this is why older people have a harder time with technology. Your niece can probably work an iPad better than you can, you know. Mm. <laughs> yeah, no, just that the, the, the greatest minds and the most talented people, uh, think about Michael Jackson, my God, you know, um, it's like they're star children almost, and that's what they've been referred to. People that were really above and beyond the standard of any times in the past, and I suppose that's what it is. They're on their, how are they so lucky to be in a different level of expansion so long ago, so to speak. Well, how are you so lucky to get here and be willing to entertain these ideas that will probably become commonplace ideas, this new approach to life in a hundred years? And they'll look back and they'll see, you know, these recordings and these videos and stuff that we're doing. And they're like, my God, a hundred years ago, these people were really onto something, you know? <laughs> so you have to yeah. take, give yourself some credit for being, even being here. Um, but anyway, what we're, what we're interested in is learning how to use these universal forces and laws to create you know, the life that we desire. 
And can I go back, Gary? Yeah. Can I go back? You made a comment, the rich become richer and the poor become poorer. Um, does it take conscious acknowledgement to change your vibration? So I have a patient and she, nothing works, nothing works. She's very suicidal, um, doesn't want to live and any suggestions made to her, she's like, nothing works. So is this like, does it take conscious acknowledgement? Yeah, to it takes willingness to adjust your belief system. Perfect. And so many of us get trapped in our limiting beliefs. We think they're true. We think they're fact, you know. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's not like they're true or false. They're either limiting or, or, or empowering. Correct. Most people don't really realize that they have control over their belief system. You know, mm -hmm. in the boot camp, we're spending all of our time uh, processing our limiting beliefs and proving they're not true. And mm -hmm. also raising the intensity of our beneficial beliefs and accepting that the beneficial beliefs are true. You know, so a beneficial belief is that you are a limitless and magnificent being of pure positive love and acceptance. You're eternal and you can be, have, and do anything that you want in this reality. The basis of the reality is to allow you to have anything you desire. And if you can get your head around that by understanding the backstory that we are connected to source consciousness, that all the inventions in the world, somebody somehow became connected to that source, source consciousness and they received that idea that no one received before. So think of all the science fiction writers. It was easier for them to write a fictionalized idea that would come true rather than to actually make it come true, you know, so they could write about it. And then someone takes that idea and now turns it into a physical reality because they see the idea and they see the possibilities and they realize that technology can now allow them to do that thing. And you see all these great ideas like Uber and Airbnb and the cell phone and Google and all these things that become available because technology catches up, but Airbnb and Uber are simple ideas. And, you know, we're all trapped in the idea that if you want a taxi ride, you need to get call a cab company, but it's expensive. They don't show up. It's in a, it's hard to get them. You know, it's all this stuff. You got to wait till they drive by in some places. And, and now just on our phone, it makes so much more sense. And yet the adoption of new technology takes a little time. Like the cell phone took really 20 years before the first cell phones were being used because people said, why would I have a need a cell phone when I have a phone at home or my office, you know, who needs a phone in their car? Now you couldn't even imagine not having a cell phone. So what we've done is we became a vibrational match to these new ideas quickly and then adopted them. And then there are early adopters and then there are people who will never have a cell phone. You know, or never have a smartphone. Um, okay, so anyway, we can use these laws, not use them in the way that we're trying to control conditions because that won't work, but we can understand them and we can know what we're doing. You know, uh, it gets a lot deeper here. This is just the first book, and then the third book is a uh, radical change in your approach to life, which says that. Here are universal laws, 
and here's how you're approaching life. You're approaching life as a victim, as a controller. And I came into finding out about the law of attraction saying, I'm going to use the law of attraction to make all the money back that I lost, you know, and that can't work because that's in control. The new approach to life is I'm going to absolutely accept myself, accept the past, accept the future, accept all people and accept all the conditions, focus on what I prefer, what I enjoy, what gives me pleasure, focus on feeling good, allow that the universe is going to give me inspiration to move forward and just feel as good as I can connecting to that source consciousness until I'm inspired and then move in that direction of that inspiration. That is the key to engaging the law of attraction. I just gave you a big secret. There. I was just going to say, you're giving it all away. Stop giving it away. Focus. <laughs> um, so according to law of expansion, if you can maintain the positive perception of anything, it will co continue to become more positive. But when you introduce doubt or fear into any situation, you reverse the law of expansion so that once positive circumstances become more and more negative, right? You, it's still expanding, but it's either expanding from your perspective in a positive direction or from your perspective in a negative direction. You know, um, look at the war on drugs. So they're fighting against, they're trying to control something and you can't control anything. And so if you are trying to control drug use by making it illegal, it actually becomes bigger and bigger and bigger. But from the perspective of people who enjoy drugs, it's becoming more and more and more acceptable. So it's expanding one way from one perspective, it's expanding in a negative direction, those who want to fight drugs. And from the perspective of people who think these certain drugs are a good thing, it's expanding that way as well in a positive direction. So it all depends on the perspective of the individual. And as I understand the, ex the uh, law of expansion, um, which I'm really getting a little bit more and more now, is that the more, how, how do I want to explain it? So I can have a thought that's, you know, that's expansion. Okay, I have this thought. And then just let's take the example of someone who beats, you know, a world record of running, you know, the mile, right? So, oh my God, it's done. This one guy did it. He believed he could do it. Okay, awesome. Now that spreads out to more and more people. And so now they believe it. And so now that law becomes bigger and bigger. That expansion grows because there's more people thinking about it, more people believing in it, right? Yeah. And that's so, the, so the more end. people are breaking the record and the record's getting faster and faster and faster, right? I, right. I think the saying, um, what one man can do, so can another. Yep. Kind of yeah. encompasses that, that. It yeah. should be like what one man believes, so can another, right? Yeah. It's Now, I can never break a four-minute mile because I don't believe it, and I never will, you know. But those who are on that cusp, who are like close, you know, they can allow those beliefs to change. So, Gary, is the law of expansion the same as momentum? Absolutely. The law of expansion explains momentum. But it's yeah. not the same thing, really. It just causes momentum? It or? Is, yeah, it is. It, it's a synonym, right? 
It's the same thing. Yeah. So when we, um, when we have a momentum of these beliefs, right? So our beliefs carry momentum too. They expand. And as you grow older, if you haven't processed your limiting beliefs, those beliefs get stronger and grow roots, right? And this is, it's sort of easy to see. When you're in your 20s, you don't have a lot of limiting beliefs. And so you feel you could do anything, right? And then as you get older, the limiting beliefs get stronger. And by the time you're 70, you're living alone in your apartment doing nothing. Why is that? And there's exceptions to that, you know? There are examples of older people who are out there doing things, but that's a rare example. Um, the law of expansion, the law of expansion explains the cycles of your life experience, your financial markets, your economy, your history, and your entire life experience is affected by cycles up and cycles down. When things are going well, the law of expansion makes everything better. When things are going poorly in your perspective, the law of expansion makes them worse. However, the law of expansion is just a small component of the law of attraction and the law of attraction always supersedes the law of expansion. You know, they work in harmony. You are in total control of your reality and you can control the law of expansion through deliberate focus of your thoughts, feelings, and emotions. Yeah. The more you appreciate, the more things you'll have to appreciate. And the things you appreciate grow better and better and better. The more you try to control anything, the more you'll, those things will grow out of your control. This is a thing with, uh, you can see in relationships. The more you try to control any relationship, the more that relationship moves in the direction that you fear that you do not want, right? And the more you accept someone and appreciate them, they change. They absolutely change to reflect how you are being with them. You, it's totally counterintuitive that by allowing people to be as they are, they become what you appreciate. And that the things you appreciate grow more and more and more. But we think we have to control them so they don't do anything wrong or bad. And that never works. You know what, Gary? Um, I've known from experience um, all my desires and stuff throughout, throughout life. As soon as I just stop caring, I'm like, you know what? They're going to come to me when they come to me. That's, that's when it happens, you know? Especially like my relationship right now. I was so ready to just be single and everything. I was like, you know what? I don't need anybody in my life. I can be happy by myself. That's when I found the person that I want to be with for the rest of my life. You know what I mean? Me too. Like once I just stopped, yeah. Once I stopped caring, and I was like, "It'll happen when it happens." Yep. And then, boom, that's when it happens. Yeah, and that's about attachment. If you attach to an outcome, then what you're noticing is the lack of that thing that you want, and so you're focusing all your intention attention on lack. When you give up your attachment to the outcome, you let it be whatever it'll be. And so now you can, you're naturally more focused on what your desire is. And then you get a car that goes over riverbeds, a truck. <laughs> and, and you assume responsibility for your own happiness. You don't, you don't leave it up to somebody else to make you happy. Sure. Because if you say, I want a relationship so that I'll be happy, 
then you're what you're doing is you're exploring this victim unhappiness part. Victim. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's see. What's the next good paragraph? Okay. The next one is the law of continuity. All laws of the universe work within the main law, which is the law of attraction. Another law which speaks to the eternal nature of the universe is the law of continuity. There is no end to the universe, which is always expanding. The universe is perfect, but not complete. It is expanding and will never be complete. The law of, of continuity defines the process of expansion, which is like in physical reality, what's actually happening is in there are, let's just say there's a million moments in a second. And so the yes. entire reality is forming a million times a second so quickly that you can't perceive it, but everything is new all the time. And in, it's like the, you know, frames on a movie, there's individual photographs that are strung together in motion to make it look like things are moving, right? Same thing with our reality. Things are forming so quickly we can't perceive it. And so it seems like it's the same thing that's been there the whole time. I live in a house that's built in 1907. It seems like it's the same house that's always been there, but actually it's a new house based on my perception of reality. Oh. And my perception of reality is different than Tracy's perception. So what I see in this house, she sees something totally different. And it's formed for her differently than it's formed for me. Is that interesting? Uh, Sorry, Joshua, Gary. go ahead. And just uh, the Joshua says quite often that um, he's complete, and now you're saying the universe is perfect but not complete. I mean, I understand, but in relation to Joshua, what is he saying? Yeah, I saw that too, right? No. Okay. So complete in Joshua when Joshua says we are complete, meaning that. There's nothing more for us in this moment, right? We have everything we need in this moment. We are complete in this moment, but we are expanding. And so the expansion never ends. And so this was written six years ago as I was channeling. And the word complete was the word that I used to describe whatever they were meaning here, you know? So whatever that was, but yes, it's perfect, but it's, always expanding. It's not complete in the sense that it's done. It's complete in the sense that there's nothing more that's needed right now. It's perfect right now, but the next moment will offer more expansion. I mean, the universe is just a, a potential, everything's potential. Right. I mean, that's, that's why it cannot be complete, I guess. Uh, yeah, it cannot be finished. Of course. Uh, Nor can we, we can't be finished either. I mean, right. wouldn't that suck if we're eternal and then all of a sudden we're finished? What else are we going to do, right? <laughs> Just yeah. disappear? Yeah. Uh, let's see. If you can understand through the law of continuity, you are an everlasting being who is born into a physical reality and then transcends, which they don't use this word anymore. It's more like transition because they don't see the non-physical as being higher than the physical. It's just another form of reality. Uh, to a non-physical reality, then again into a physical reality, continually on a journey of discovery and growth through many lives and life experiences, you will realize that each life is but a small part of that journey. You can relax 
find ease and discover a strong sense of relief in the knowing that there's no great purpose to one single life, but that is, that is the journey through many, many lives allows you to grow and expand. The life you're living now is meant to be pleasurable and joyous. It's not meant to be taken so seriously. Think of each lifetime as a single day in your current life. If you have a bad day, it's not the end of the world for there'll be many more days ahead and you can always start fresh tomorrow. So hey, Joshua, I wanted just to comment on that statement. Um, and I highlighted it a different color even. Um, because when I read that, I was, I don't know, it just made me feel like, what the hell am I getting myself all jacked over for stupid shit? <laughs> you right. know what I mean? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's how I read that. I was like, I don't know. I just had this like this feeling of like ease and 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 then I'm you know reflected back to all the times in my past where I got myself all wound up and um I don't know that that just really resonated with me. Yeah. Think about September 4th, 1996. In that day, you had a bunch of you know negative emotions and manifestation events. Well, you can't even remember it now. You know, you're all worked up that day for something, you know. Mm -hmm. I was for sure, and now you can't even remember it. So why were you taking so seriously then? Right. Yeah. Uh, so Gary, I have a question. Um, I guess I don't know what Joshua says about this, but besides the non-physical and the physical, are there any other realities that we can choose to focus on? Um, well, I think that in the non-physical, you play with these scenarios so you can create anything, any reality from the non-physical and uh, play around in it with others, you know, and pretend it's real. But from the non-physical perspective, you know it's not real, so it doesn't carry any weight. It's sort of like playing dress up with dolls, you know. Um, and so you can create these other realities, but they don't have the 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 depth of feeling and the and the realness that this reality has. That's why we come in this, and that's why we forget everything from prior lives and and from the non-physical. This is like the ultimate experience, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, there's so much more to this that we wouldn't understand, you know, because it's quite likely that we come in as many lives at the same time, like all living now in 2019, all over the world. Think of it, if you're, you're going to come forth into non-physical, why would you come just out as one person? Why not come as 10 or 20? That's so interesting. I yeah. never thought about that before. Yeah. That's what wow. really unlimited, right? Yeah. <laughs> so oh, that's what a doppelganger is. Could be. Yeah, actually, they're saying that multiple personalities are within one body. Wow. Especially wow. the really, the, the ones that are perceived as very strong, like Elizabeth I, you know, like really powerful beings are really composed of several aspects of souls of True. different ones yeah it's, yeah, it's very you know there's so very. much more to this and joshua is laying this out in a way that we can understand step by step so that for the most part so that we can live the lives that we want to live now you know we've all experienced mm -hmm. lack once we've experienced something and you know we, there's no need for us to experience lack anymore 
So we can now create from everything we've sifted and sorted, whatever we want, as long as we process these limiting beliefs. There's so much more depth than that, but that really isn't necessary for us to live the life we intended to live. You know, um, when I listen to Bashar, all these people are asking about aliens, but how does that help you live this life, right? Right. What I'm interested in is how I effectively live a life in alignment with the intentions I set prior to my birth, not chasing things outside of me, but living a way that makes it, that's feeling good and, you know, and expansive in joy, not expansive in suffering. I think that's the most important thing for me as well. And this is just for, you know, my experience. This is the way I want to experience, um, you know, my reality right now as Tracy, where there are so many people who are interested in aliens, in past lives, and who was I in my past life? And, you know, yeah, it's fun, you know, to talk about it and yeah, oh my God, you know, like just having a conversation about it. But to really get into it, like, I don't think it has any benefit for me as Tracy to, you know, oh, do I need to know all my past lives? Drew, were we brother and sister? You know, me and you, Gary, were we husband and wife or were we best friends? Like, you know, it's all cool and fun to think about. And that's great. But to really like, oh, my God, like, I just I, I think the focus should stay, you know, present moment as we've been teaching. And, you know, what do I want to experience now in this life? Yeah. Right? At yeah. that same rate, I suppose that even qualifies as like the thing that happened last week. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah, sure. You know, you can see what happened last week and, you know, accept it for what it is, all cool, but doesn't matter now, you know? What, what, you know, where's the focus right here and then, you know, into the future. Yeah. You know, imagining. And even the future doesn't really matter, you True. know? Because the future is will be what it is, and we'll perceive it from whatever direction, but why not just enjoy the day? Yeah. And if you could live for the day without worrying about the past or the future, then you can really feel good in the day. And guess what? That creates your future, how you feel right. today. Yeah. yeah. Bring more joy. True. Um, as you realize your existence through many lifetimes is a journey with no end or conclusion, you'll understand there's nothing that must be accomplished in this lifetime. You live this life as you plead. You need not amass fortunes, build empires, save the world, fight anything, or live to be 100 years old. You've all done all those things in previous lives, and you'll do them all again in future life experiences. There's no rush, no worries, and no need to fear anything, especially death itself. Death itself. Death is actually a very joyous and pleasurable experience. And we've heard that before. And you've heard that by people who've gone in through near-death experiences too. Good to know. Yeah. Good to know. <laughs> that is good to know. <laughs> there will also be no judgment for the life you've lived during this life experience in physical reality. You may enjoy a period of reflection but you will be more eager to continue your interests once you are in a non-physical form. If you have a strong interest in a particular subject while here on earth in this physical lifetime, you'll continue that interest into the non-physical experience. You'll work with others who will have the same interests. You'll be intimately involved in and, in and appreciate the lives of your family and friends who remain in physical reality. And that if you hit me. Yep. That, oh, oh yeah. That hit me. Helping yeah. From the non-physical. Yeah. Seriously. You're going to be uh, 
um, intimately involved in the life of your niece. Yeah. And, and yeah. My mother guides. must have known that. My mother must have known that. She spoke not only, we know belief is good, but knowing is the ultimate. Right. She, well, she didn't have to convince me, but I've known in my deep heart when she said, when she's up there, wherever that is, in her little mind, that she would always be involved and be watching out for all of us. I had no doubt that she would. I just knew that. Yeah. And, uh, no wonder. Wow. I'll get to do that too. That's right. Yep. And All that's right. the law of continuity. So as you transition to the non-physical, you're not leaving earth. Right. Right. You're still focused on earth. Your purpose in this life is to discover that which thrills you. The interest you hold for any subject is the continuity of interest you held in other lives and in the non-physical reality. So if you come in and you find a passion, this is something you intended to find because it's part of the thing that you were interested in in other lives and in the non-physical as well. So, so I have a question on that. So, <clears throat> because obviously all of us here are very are, are leading edge uh, thinkers and and so forth. So does that mean because and I've been you know I have debunked organized religion and all of that from a very young age. Um, so does that mean that like in a past life that I was also following that path and I'm just growing and growing more into it? Yeah, and we are in the family of teachers. We're in the Joshua family. So when we tr transition the non-physical, we'll be become part of that Joshua family again. But we're in that in physical reality too. Um, Andine started channeling her grandfather, Walter. Walter Carrington, and you can find him on Wikipedia, was a researcher uh, at Oxford or Cambridge or something like that in England. And he researched spirituality and telepathy back in the 30s and 40s and 50s. And he wrote three books on this subject. And now he's coming forth through Andine and we had a session and he told me all about what's gonna be happening in the Joshua community as we go forward. It was so interesting. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, wow. because, yeah, so. Is because Andine she's now. I'm sorry. Yeah, yes. she's in the boot camp now. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, because now she's interested in this or getting more, you know, uh, into open. law of attraction and open to stuff that Walter was, he's up there super interested in this stuff. And he's like, oh, yay, Undine. So now he's coming through her, right? It's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. So I have a question. You said as you leave the non, as you leave the physical into the non-physical, you still focus on Earth. Right. That sounds a little limiting to me. Well, Why just Earth? Because this is what you love. This is what you, you know, Earth is, uh, a reality that you created. This is what you're familiar with. So I think that we come and go through Earth lives, you know, while there might be other planets out there and, and other people going through that. We're in sort of this stage of mankind in this new um, time of awakening. And we're just, we're just in the civilization of humans on Earth. That's what's interesting to us, right? 
I don't know. Um, you could probably change that, you know, when you're in a non-physical, right? Because we can change our focus here and, yeah. you know, kind of be interested in this at one time, interested in that. And I assume as a non-physical, you, you know. You can do you anything. Go, right. But just like we could do anything now. If I all of a sudden got interested in, you know, uh, shooting Fairies. guns or something. Yeah. <laughs> what did you say? In what? Fairies. Fairies, fairies right. Yeah, if yeah. I got interested in fairies... Right? I could yeah. go off in that direction. And yeah. that would be part of my trajectory, but probably in a way that revolves around universal laws and things like that. It's unlikely that I'm gonna be involved in, you know, interested in in gnomes or fairies or stuff like that. I am. I am too. I want to see for fairies. You <laughs> and so that's why to me, Earth sounds so limiting. Like why limit it just to Earth? Why not say the whole universe? No, it is the whole universe, but, but it's the continuity, the law of continuity just allows you to know that, you know, your family's here. The things you're interested in now are here and realities in different areas are completely different. And you might have done that before, you know, and come and been playing around in Earth for a while. And then you might go from Earth to somewhere else. But I, the way I perceive it is that we, when we transition as humans, we'll be interested in Earth because that's where all the humans are. This is our experience. Hmm. Thank you. Yep. And maybe there a, is a dimension on Earth that has fairies and gnomes in it. Who knows? Yay. I have a quick question. Um, maybe this is a question that I should ask Joshua, but um it seems like so many spiritual teachers who've uh you know come to earth and been enlightened let's say that that's like kind of the goal is to become this enlightened you know completely unattached just almost like superhuman being and it's like i don't think yeah go ahead you're yeah so jump in what that is is we're all moving from fear to love there's a spectrum, so think of a, a rainbow. On the bottom of this one side here is tremendous fear, and the bottom of the other side is pure love. And so we're all moving towards that pure love side. And yeah, say so once you get to that fullness of love, then there's probably somewhere else to go. You know, Maybe you don't come back in, in human form anymore, and you okay. go on to other dimensions. Yeah, because the goal, I think, is like, you know, not to have to reincarnate again. So, so like, that's kind of the message that I've gotten into it, human form. Yes, but when you say not to have to, nobody has yeah. to, right? You do it because you want to, because it's interesting. You very, very, very much wanted to be here. And from your limited perspective as a human, you'd say, this life is hard. Why would anyone want to come here? When you transition the non-physical, you'll see it was never hard. It was just a bunch of limiting beliefs that caused you to perceive things as difficult. In reality, there is no difficulty and there are no problems, but you've adopted some limiting beliefs and the limiting beliefs cause you to feel fear. You know? And so there'll be a time when there's no value left in the human experience. And so then you'll go in to do something else. You'll, you'll experience something else, you know? In that mm -hmm. thing. And I would say that a lot of the entities in Joshua aren't having physical experiences anymore. Oh, okay. Um, 
So your purpose in life is to discover that which thrills you. Then the next paragraph is the system of education is not designed to allow you the freedom to discover your passion. It is more like a container to keep children from escaping while their parents are at work or play. As a child, you were force-fed information that was not necessarily of interest to you at the time the information was provided. All information must be conveyed at the right time. And since every individual is unique, timing is different for each person. Therefore, your education system, educational system, which is set up to deliver the same in information to many individuals at a specific point in time, is not effective in helping you discover your passion. In fact, it is dis disruptive to your natural path of learning that is unique to each individual. It is the main force holding your society back from the great heights it hopes to reach. As a child, you must be free to discover the world on your own and therefore allowed to find your interest at the time that is right for you. Josh, coming up, Gary. Oh. <laughs> um, so, and actually I um, screenshot the, um, these couple of pages and sent to my sister. My sister has um, a son with Asperger uh, autism, but high functioning. Yeah. And um, and he, they kept trying to, you know, put his, you know, a square peg into the square hole kind yeah. of thing. And they, I mean, the edge, they just like wanted him out of the school system so bad. And they basically wrote him off as like a lost cause. And he, and he's very mechanically inclined. And now he's going to diesel mechanic school and like thriving, like he's doing so good and working at discount tire. And I read that I was like, that just totally hit the nail on the head. Yeah. Oh, it makes me want to reorganize the entire school. So I just build my yeah. own schools. Every time yeah. I read that, I'm like, oh, like we got to do this. We got to build schools it, it, that it allow was, children. Was, it was quite the journey while he was in school. And I mean, my sister would cry. Anyway, it was very traumatic. Um, but now it's just, it's just so awesome seeing him actually because he's found his inspiration yeah. and he wasn't trying to be smushed into this box. Conformity, yeah. 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 Exactly. yeah. And the beautiful thing about people who have autism or Asperger's is that they can't be changed. You know, if you come in and have dyslexia or if you acquire dyslexia because you're, because you're, you're being force fed information before you're ready, you know, you can be made to feel like you're flawed. And everyone understands that those with Asperger's and autism are, are unique in that, you know. And there's a great story about this woman who had a severely autistic child, and she would just take him everywhere and expose him to all kinds of things when he was a little boy. And then one night, she has this inspiration. She wakes him up at 2 in the morning and drives them out to the middle of the country and they just laid on the hood of the car and looked at the stars and he was hooked and captivated. And then he went on to finish high school in like seventh grade, finish college before he was 16, got his PhD in astrophysics and is a professor in astrophysics now. And the, all the signs of his severe autism are all gone. And this was a 60 minutes story that you can look up. 
There's a school called the Sudbury Valley School. Have you ever heard of that? Mm-mm. It started in Connecticut. There's like 600 of them all over the world now where there's no teachers and the kids can do whatever they want to do. They run the whole school. Once a year, they have a meeting to decide which facilitator stays or goes. So these are adults and the adults don't teach them anything. They just help them. And if someone, you know, plays video games for two years and then wants to learn how to read, the facilitator will help them find it on the computer or YouTube or whatever. And these kids, when they're ready for something like math or reading, they learn it super quick and at a very high level and they retain it, you know? And the facilitator cannot say good job or bad job, right? They can't influence what they're interested in at all. There's totally neutral in it, you know? It's like, uh, you know, when you're a little kid, you might be inspired to draw and then your parents put it up on the fridge and so now you're inspired to get something up on the fridge instead of just do the creative process of drawing. So they just let the kids do whatever they're inspired to do. And they, it's on YouTube. You can watch a lot of these videos about it. It's just amazing how these people excel. Yeah, it's really cool. And also the bigger, hit, the bigger kids help the, the younger kids. Yeah. yeah which like, is just amazing. Our school system, they put everyone in by age. And then there's this conflict between the different grades, you know, Mm -hmm. and in that school, the older kids, you know, mentor the younger kids naturally. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. In a very, in in such a loving way, it's always surprising to the adults. Yeah. I used to say, go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead, Kim. That's fine. I just have, I felt a little stressed in the previous paragraph when I read, um, it is very important that you find your passion in life as soon as possible. And I have, um, you know, interests, but really, I haven't really found anything that is something that I feel. Oh, no, not at all. You haven't been in the boot camp. I was just going to say. (laughs) (laughs) Can't imagine what your passion is. Is that like, (laughs) I know that's a passion, but like, uh, I was I, the same way. I was exactly the same way, Kim. It's, I, I've had to come to the conclusion, whoa, hello, this is this my passion. This is my passion. <laughs> Let's own it. Yeah. Oh, hey. This is it. Yeah. Same yeah. thing for me, Kim. Okay. Yeah, that, par- uh, that sentence was like, oh, no, uh, it's pressure. Okay. Okay. Exactly. So yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, we think the- it's got to be painting or it's got to be writing or it's got to be, you know, something. You know, something. Important, you know, right? Which right. this is, you know, but it's, it's just, just our perception, you know, of totally. what is good, what is not important. But man, this is it. This is important. <laughs> yeah. yeah, this is I big. Think, thank you. <laughs> I think my biggest breakthrough came when I realized that my past was preparation for what I am doing today. Exactly. And so all that pain that I went through, that perceived pain that I went through, actually helps me to relate to people and help them with their spiritual awakening. Yes. Yes. And all of you on this call and all of you listening to this at some point are spiritual leaders and teachers. You're all light workers. You're interested in this because in the uh, pursuit of this interest, you will become a beacon to other people, you know, and by Kim saying, I can't find my passion and, and we making fun of you. You're an example of other people, how you are in your passion, but you don't see it. 
you know, no one, yeah. a lot of what people do don't see mean, it. What do you mean by light workers? You've been talking, or Josh has been talking a lot about that lately and I didn't understand fully. So you intended to come in as a spiritual leader and teacher. You intended to be drawn to this information. You had a life experience and other people who are going through what your life experience is, when they are attracted to you, they'll see how you've come through your a similar life experience to be this in this place of alignment and to be this inspiration of alignment, which will turn on the light in them too. So that they can see too that they weren't, nothing wrong was happening. It was all a life experience so that they can approach life from a more empowered position. You yeah. can turn on their lights, yeah. so okay. to speak. Uh, okay, yeah. I have a question. Yep. Oh, I'm sorry to interrupt. Well, I was just gonna say, however you choose to do that, I mean, I'm choosing to do it by channeling and there's people choosing to do it by teaching yoga or singing or well, and I'm, I'm going to do that law of attraction for real estate agents. That right. was that. You're inspired that's, for that. Yeah. Got it. Yep. So my awesome. boss calls me special. She's like, you're special, but I, I think I'm unique. I think we're all unique, but I don't feel special in any way whatsoever. You never thought I'm, you were special when you were a kid? I think Kids that's were, another thing we need to own. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I used to like, think... I think that we're not? all special or we're all not special. I mean, I don't really understand this word special. And no, I wasn't special as a child. Children were not the focus growing up. Yes, but didn't you think you were? I don't know, in all honesty. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I'd have to really look at that. But when uh, she says, like, you're special, it's like, why wouldn't everyone else be special? Everyone well, is. You're different. Yeah, right. You're different. So though. I said, we're unique. I agree we're unique. And so I was just curious about your position on that one. The illusion is you're not special. That's an illusion, right? The truth is you're a magnificent and limitless being of pure positive love and acceptance. Right. Right. You're also on the leading edge of thought. You've made your way here. Uh, you're one of the first to be here. You're you're able to contemplate a new approach to life that most people wouldn't see. You're realizing that acceptance and love is the way, not control and fear, you know. And in that, you are special in this, you know. But I think that we're all moving towards our authentic version of ourselves, which is the version that lives in the non-physical. And when I say authentic, I mean, being able to receive inspiration and not be limited by fear, doing okay. what we're inspired to do, right? Sure. And to see through the illusion of flaws and imperfection. Yeah. Right. I would say that uh, you can use unique and special synonymously. Like it's the same word. It's the same exact thing. We're all unique and we're all special. So when yeah, she that's... says you're special, just say, great. Yes, I am special. Own it. Like Jessica said, and just understand that it's the same thing as unique. It's just another word. Right. But she was particularly pointing out me only. Well, that's, that's a sign right there. And also realize that <laughs> this is your reality. It's being mirrored back to you. You know, your inner self is wanting you to know how special you are. 
So that's the universe telling you. Yes, that's the universe's. Yeah, right, Jessica. It's just their message for you. They're they're maybe seeing that you you don't, or maybe you do believe you are unique but not special. And it's just yeah, like the universe telling you. It doesn't mean that nobody else is isn't special. Right, but it's also we were taught to believe that we're not special. There's nothing special about you. Don't pretend you're. Who do you think you are? It's it's something that was part of our upbringing not to be special, you know, especially yeah. women, you know, yeah. I mean, especially well, girls it, growing up. So that's something to own as well, you know, and in a course of mir- in a course in miracles, which is a book I love. Yeah. Um, that also is like, we're not special or like no individual is we all are. And so that's why I was just curious when I yeah. said, mm-hmm. we're all special. And she's like, no, no, no you're more special. So yeah. you're different than the rest of the people working that there. Piece, she, that piece I get. I do claim my weirdness. <laughs> weirdness, weirdness, or you could use the word I'm special. Because you, know? yes. you really she said, are. She said, Tammy, you're a free spirit. I just don't know what to do with you. So. You're special. <laughs> anyway. You're so special. You're special. You are special. Yeah. There's a special bus for you, too. <laughs> I got to get going. It was great. Oh, thank you. Nice to see you. All right. We're just going to, uh, we're on the last couple of paragraphs here, but I just want to point out the next one here is another aspect of the law of continuity is relationships, which are also eternal. We are all eternally connected. And Joshua said, if you know somebody by name, you're eternally connected with that person forever. So we're all eternally connected. Uh, All relationships made in this lifetime will last forever. You may find this a welcome fact or a troublesome one, depending on the particular relationship. However, (laughs) the roles you play in this life experience do not carry over to the non-physical life experience in this life, your mother is your mother and you are the child. In another life experience, you have been brothers, best friends, terrible foes. You explore various aspects of your intertwined relationship over each life experience. You do this to learn, to expand, and because it's fun. Uh, so now that you know that each and every relationship you have and ever have had is eternal, don't you feel a sense of relief? Doesn't it make the subject of relationships easier for you? Since you cannot break a relationship, you don't have to try so hard to make them work. You can be easy about each relationship, knowing you are linked together forever and nothing will, nothing you can do will harm the relationship. Others cannot harm you either, for you are eternally linked, whether they realize it or not. It's life conditions that work to undermine relationships. Once you understand this concept, you can create the relationships of your dreams. And that really is about acceptance. And don't you see here how that folds into the law of attraction? Because once you've attracted someone in your life, they're there eternally. Once you've attracted anything, it's there eternally and you cannot push it away or break it. I think we should have talked about this for the entire hour. (laughs) Seriously, but that just gave me, right, Tammy? That gave me an aha moment about my right about my relationship with my mom and my brother ever since you know i moved you know my brother has not come along my mother more so has been talking to me more but my brother and just you reading that paragraph made me realize oh my god i am eternally connected to my brother I don't have to interact with him in this lifetime if if he doesn't choose to, you know, and, and if it's not a fun, loving, awesome relationship. 
right. right. I'm eternally connected. Wow. That was so right. freeing just now. Right. Yeah. And nice. I, we can do that with anybody, even our parents, you know, it's, and I know so many people, you know, we can sit with the manifestation event, um, paperwork and, you know, prove, uh, prove that wrong, that you have to have loving relationships with your parents. There are billions of people out there that are just like, oh, my parents drive me crazy, right? You know, and, you know, they're not very close. And then there are that, you know, people that there are, but. Like we were talking about yesterday, Tracy. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> you I'm know. sure we're not the only one. <laughs> if there's no fear in the relationship, then it's easy to love somebody. Yeah. But if one person has fear, you know, by something you do, and they perceive you as wrong, that fear is going to prevent gonna them from feeling good around you. And there's nothing you can do about that. So just realize they're in fear and they're going to want you to be different than you are. And so they're going to do things like not call you in order to try and change you. And you just got to realize that's what they're doing. They're just in fear. And it only lasts a blink of an eye and then we'll be back in the non-physical and we'll all be together again. And we'll just say, oh, that was amazing. Didn't you see that I caused you <laughs> that fear? Was fun. <laughs> and you'll say, you should have been so different than you were. No, you won't say that. <laughs> no, you won't. <laughs> the life conditions uh, is uh, the thing that uh, undermines relationships. Well, yeah. The, or like when you take the limited perspective, you know, when you say that someone else is not doing well and they should be doing things that I tell them what to do and they still won't do it and you feel negative emotion and you think they're responsible for your negative emotions, so you try and control them to fix their problems, it doesn't mm. work, you know? It undermines relationship. But if you were to accept them as they are, just saw them as perfect as they are, just going through their experience of life, you wouldn't receive urges to change them, but you'd receive inspiration that would help, if necessary, mm. you yeah. It's so easy. Right. Isn't this easy? It's so easy. So easy. <laughs> <laughs> Always easier said than done. Yeah. We're getting but practice. It. We get to practice. It. Yeah. yeah. Uh -huh. yep. Good. Well, the only thing that matters is how you feel. This is a feeling reality. So just do whatever you can to feel good. And that involves not controlling condition, but show, you know, looking at your beliefs, looking at your limiting beliefs, and looking at the perspective that you're choosing at the time. Choose a higher perspective, you'll feel better. So you might as well use your imagination in an empowering way. And with that, we are at Word. the end of this section. See, you have got to break this stuff up because it lasts forever. You do. Yeah. We are yeah. complete. And it's, it's a lot of information. <laughs> it's very deep. We are complete. It's deep, yeah. yeah. And you know, yeah. it's funny because we've, you know, we've read this book before and we're, we've gone through the boot camp or are going through the boot camp, a lot of us. And so... We're seeing it from a way we never saw it before because we're getting it exactly. at this different level. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, so. Uh, That's pretty cool. We will thank you guys for being here. And yeah. we'll see you next time on the Law of Attraction Book Club. Thank Have you very week, much. Everyone. This is beautiful. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye, everyone. Bye. Have thank a great you. weekend. Thank Incredible. you. So Wow, that was so fun. These things are always a great time with all those cool people. 
Um, if you'd like to join us in our Friends of Joshua Facebook group, just search Friends of Joshua on Facebook and we'll include you in that. For more information on Joshua, visit theteachingsofjoshua.com. If you'd like to speak to me about the boot camp, which I highly suggest, and there's no time like the present, send me an email to garybodley at gmail.com. And please remember to like and subscribe to this podcast and share it with your friends. Have a wonderful week and we'll see you next time. Bye.